Okay, high time now for our tune of the week. Come on, let's go. This is the Media Industry Guru Show, the show that exposes you to entertainment, music, film, TV, and tech. We're online 24-7-24-7. You're listening to the hottest internet station. And welcome back to the Media Industry Guru Podcast. Today we are going to be talking with an industry professional who knows everything about the live events space. She was a business major looking around USC to find her passion and she stumbled upon a music industry minor. So she majored in business administration, minored in music industry. She had a few internships in PR and the live event space and marketing at USC. And then now currently she's doing a couple of side hustles. Her full-time position is working at Veeps as a marketing coordinator. Veeps is a subsidiary of Live Nation and she will talk about her day-to-day responsibilities including fan newsletter coordination and execution, social media management, ticketing data analytics, and many more tools that she acquired at USC for her day-to-day job. She also works part-time as a VIP concierge working in the VIP lounge for the Greek Theater in LA. And she will talk about what it's like to work in the virtual setting for Veep's curating live streams. And then also an in-person concert experience working at the Greek Theater. She will also be talking about tools, mentorship she acquired at USC, and any advice she's able to give to rising industry professionals and people that want to break in this business. She'll talk about books she's currently reading and her upcoming goals in terms of her endeavors. She loves to travel, and she hopes to travel to many different countries, including Spain, Denmark, Mexico, Vietnam, the list goes on and on, but she will be traveling this summer, and we are super excited to hear more about her adventures in the live event space and then in the touring space, quote-unquote, as she tours as a professional. So we will get into Kaylin Hooten's eclectic experience within the media industry and her awesome upcoming experience as she will be traveling pretty soon. Hey, Kaylin, welcome to the Media Industry Guru Podcast. Really excited to hear about your eclectic background and marketing, what you do at Veeps, and just your experience within the music industry. Yeah, super excited. Thank you for having me here, Forbes. So tell us a bit more about yourself, who you are as a person, professionally, personally, all things about you. Um, Awesome. Well, so I am a Southern California native. Um, I went to USC studying. um, I was like a business admin student, um, ended up doing music industry as a minor. A lot of my life since, you know, high school has been really focused in just the live music experience. Um, You know, for the longest time, obviously, it was more as a consumer. And now it's kind of become more my profession and something that I don't really see myself not doing ever. Um, But, you know, I've I've done I've had a lot of experience in things uh, specifically around marketing, a little bit in operations, anywhere from, you know, actually throwing events, the marketing, the production op side to doing more behind the scenes. Like I've worked for PR firms, a couple. um, And then I've also done more marketing, like data side operations. um, And then, yeah, my, you know, I did, I work at the Greek theater in LA as well, doing just like one-off season events. 
Um, so kind of just doing, I've tried to get as involved with as many, mm-hmm. uh, aspects of the industry as possible. It's kind of like one of the first things they teach you in music is you should actually like spread a huge, uh, cast or cast a wide net. So mm-hmm. that's kind of what I've spent the last, I guess, four, four years is just trying to dig in, um, specifically live side. Uh, I have less experience around labels and and more of that um, side of industry and like artist development, but um, in the live side. And then I also kind of on the side do nonprofit work um, or I like to do events that are nonprofits or just kind of more Mm -hmm. local community things as well. And what got you passionate about the live event space in the music industry versus the other sectors? I'm assuming you probably tried some other sectors and then narrowed down your aspirations. Did this start in high school or when did this start at USC? Yeah, I um, I had never really thought about a career in music. Um, it was never something that was really on my radar. I just went to shows a lot when I was younger um, and, you know, specifically festivals and then local groups in my hometown um, at a bar I worked at. They had a lot of live shows. But when I was in college, I had gone to USC to study business admin and I was pretty happy that I was at a school that was, you know, as... Um, as advanced as USC, but at the same time, I was kind of looking around and I noticed that there were a lot of students that were super passionate about what they were doing and business is great, but it wasn't like I was waking up super you know, stoked to go to my macroeconomics class. And so I kind of started looking through a course catalog and I kind of don't remember how I stumbled across the intro to music industry class, but took that class and then it kind of just sparked a huge um fire in me it became half of 50 percent of my curriculum from mm-hmm. that point on was music industry um a concentration in live music uh but you know just really taking classes with mainly the professors that i was interested in because they're you know most of them are actual people in the industry but also teaching so mm-hmm. um that was kind of how what started me into the music industry side um, and then I think because of that class, you the intro class, you learn about all the different areas, whether it be, you know, agencies, live side, um, you know, even going into the specifics mm-hmm. of venues uh, versus like festival type stuff. And then, you know, also just going overall, we went over like five areas. And I think because of the fact that I was so interested in live music, um, just, you know, personally, it just kind of clicked for me. And then, you know, another part of it, and I can't really speak to the other parts, but I can speak to live side is that whenever you go to a show, it doesn't really matter. Like your background, you know, people are just there because they have the one common interest, <laughs> um, which I love because I feel mm-hmm. like we live in a really political world right now. And it's nice to be able to go to a space that's mm-hmm. very neutral and just it's it's very beautiful to me. So I think those Definitely. are the two combinations. What were your some of your first experiences working in the music industry? I'm assuming you were involved in a lot of leadership opportunities at SC, in clubs, in internships, etc. Yeah, I um I had started my USC experience in a sorority, and that was what had kind of originally started a lot of my pre-professional internships. Um, and so I had done things in PR. Um, I had worked for an agency at the time called RQ Agency. And then also Infamous PR was the second one I'd worked at, but that one was specifically for music in general, music industry. And so that was kind of a good bridge because I had had the previous experience. And then, you know, this was PR as well. It just was more in the fields that I was now looking towards. Hmm. Um, but, it, you know, it definitely took a while to, because, you know, USC specifically was a massive school. So finding the place where I was really inspired and really it was like my 
you know, my niche. It, it took a while, but I think that it was just a matter of like looking through the catalogs and just mm-hmm. actually putting yourself out there because if you don't, it, it's just, it can be very overwhelming. Yeah. And then, so you had these PR internships, they were in music, you shifted over to the live event space. So tell us about that shift. What made you decide to try out a new sector of the music industry and be inquisitive about it? I didn't really love the the PR side of music. I mean, I loved working on festivals, things like that, but the PR wasn't really what sparked an interest in me. Um, I think we, we took a class called Live Music Production and Promotion, where we actually had to throw our own show. And um, we got to actually work in a, ve- a venue in my hometown, which was really cool. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of just when I realized it was a lot more exciting than being in an office or doing things like that. And um, so, you know, I started taking classes like concert management um, mm-hmm. and, and things that were specifically about live music or, you know, marketing and branding in live events. So that kind of, I think, was the first step to going in that direction. And then, you know, I, I got the job at the Greek and, you know, work have worked there. This will be my third, fourth, third season, fourth year this mm-hmm. upcoming season. Um, but, you know, it just from there kind of was like, this is, you know, a lot more <laughs> of what I want to be doing. Mm-hmm. And so you dived into the live event space. You got this passion starting off like in your early years in high school, going to live events, to festivals. What were some of those festivals that you've been to? Any um, favorites? <laughs> I mean, I think I, I grew up in Southern California. So I think a lot of the the traditional ones that everybody, you know, obviously everyone knows Coachella, Stagecoach, um, mm-hmm. you know, Outside Lands, um, some of the, I think, smaller ones, Lightning in a Bottle. I'm trying to think of what my favorite memories. I do remember seeing Snoop Dogg at Hard Summer one year. <laughs> And that was phenomenal. That was amazing. Um, that was such a good year. And then I, I remember my fav- one of my favorite performances ever, Sam Smith and Elton John at Outside Lands 2017 mm-hmm. or s- no, 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 2015. And um, I don't know if you know their background at all, but Elton John has kind of been like a mentor to Sam Smith and both being gay singer songwriters. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they actually, at the end of Sam Smith's set, Elton John came out. And so they performed a lot together and it was one of the most beautiful performances I've ever seen. The crowd was so lively. Everybody there was just so pure. It was amazing. Mm. And what makes you passionate about the live event space? Is it the authenticity? You mentioned that everybody's like neutral politically. You gather in this venue, just cheering your passionate favorite artist on. What's exciting and rewarding about that experience? It's definitely more of a feeling and less of something that I think you can articulate. I mean, I, I think I can explain it to a lot of people who get it, but then some people who aren't the biggest live music fans don't get it. But um, it's it really is just a feeling. I still can remember the first time I heard the crowd of the, you know, the crowd roaring at the Greek. Um, and it was seriously one of the most magical things that I've ever experience mm-hmm. and it gets I definitely get emotional I think <laughs> at least a handful of times a season I'll start tearing up during a show even if it's somebody that I'm not interested in yeah. it's mainly just the crowd that really mm-hmm. I get the energy from so now you're working full-time in the live event space at the Greek theater and then Veeps in marketing which is a subsidiary of Live Nation tell us about you graduated in the COVID era in 2020 so tell us what that transition was like kind of the remote world and then remote working i guess 
Yeah. So I work. So my full-time position is with Veeps doing the live streaming portion. And then what I do is I work seasonally at the Greek picking, kind of picking up shifts and shows every now and then. But now what I'm doing is obviously live streaming. Um, but the really great thing about Veeps is that it's, we're kind of shifting towards uh, live streaming and, you know, streaming mm-hmm. in general shows that are actually happening in theaters mm-hmm. um, because the, you know, we've partnered with a handful of venues around, around the states, um, some in particular, like um, the Fillmore in Philadelphia. Uh, we've also done the House of Blues, uh, both in New Orleans as well as Chicago. So uh, it's cool because now artists can basically just go through, if they're going through those venues in a tour, they have the option of basically just turning on a switch and being able to live stream that to their fans. Um, and you know, there's options, they can have rewatch periods, doing things like that. And it really is just a, a way for artists to have an additional revenue stream that isn't gonna be taken from all these other people's, you know, uh, you know, the label and, and, and the, the agency. And sometimes those partners come into play, but it's still a more direct way for artists to mm-hmm. connect with their fans and also just support themselves, um, especially kind of, you know, in the world we live in now with the mm-hmm. pandemic. Um, and that's the pandemic is really why I ended up here. Um, I had never really been interested in the live streaming space, but whenever the world, you know, shuts down, we, we had a lot of uh, live events that we were planning that had to be transformed into virtual events in order mm-hmm. for us to still make the impact that we wanted. So I think because of that, I worked a handful of um, online events that kind mm-hmm. of allowed me to have a little bit of experience in this world and mainly make the connections to find um, this job at Beeps. And do you think since you're working in live event space, both like in person and live stream virtual, do you think the industry is headed towards more of a live stream space due to accessibility? People with disabilities can't go to a venue or if they're international, they can't travel to like L.A. or New York or some sort. Yeah, it's it's definitely an interesting kind of new world. We've only been really dive. It's really only been a couple of years, but I think that th- that is a huge part that I've noticed is that the accessibility, especially to people that are never going to be able to go see a show. I mean, if we've mm-hmm. learned anything from COVID, it's that there are immunocompromised people that have to live a completely different life than the average human. And sometimes that does mean that they don't get to experience the beauty of live music. Mm-hmm. But, you know, from firsthand experience, I've seen how Veeps has been able to wire these venues and then also work with production companies that go in and shoot these dynamic, phenomenal videos that mm-hmm. allow somebody, you know, that across the world to see a show at one of the House of Blues in the States, which is an iconic chain. So that's another aspect. You don't have to be somebody that can't go to live music. You can be somebody that just, I, there's so many venues. I don't love, I don't really want to go to New York to travel, but I would love to see shows at certain venues, you know? Yeah. So there's so many different ways that it can now be utilized. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, it's it's definitely going to be interesting seeing how, <laughs> There, because it's the on-demand period that really becomes like the question, you know, with with all yeah. of the rules around performance rights and and you know just where all going back to where the money goes. So. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely an interesting world how COVID changed everything in the music industry. I want to learn more about your day-to-day responsibilities for Veeps, and then also on the live event side at the Greek Theater um, VIP concierge. So tell us about both of your hats. For those that aren't familiar with the live event space, what your day-to-day responsibilities look like? Yeah, so um, I'll start off with the Greek, just because that's a little bit more, um, I think, 
brief and concise, but so I do VIP services there. Consists of two areas, specifically the box, um, the boxes, the box suites, or our VIP lounge. Uh, for us, it's called the Redwoods Lounge. Doing, you know, maybe the VIP box office, or being kind of a floater, quote unquote, which is just somebody that acts as more of a, a, um, a social piece to the environment, you know, just kind of being mm-hmm. that hand-to-hand person in case any guests need something. Um, and then, you know, we have our person that's at the door checking credentials um, and then the people in the boxes or working other, you know, VIP sponsorship events, because that's kind of another thing that's within our department. Um, you know, if we have a sponsorship, sometimes they'll host pre-event snackings, tastings, <laughs> things like that. Um mm-hmm quite it's it can be quite bougie it's it's you know it's a beautiful venue so mm-hmm. it's been you know we get to work a lot of things like that but yeah that kind of i think sums up and that i think does is very related to a lot of other venues from i haven't worked at other venues but i've gotten the opportunity to speak to other vip concierges and i think mm-hmm. that especially in la like those roles are pretty uh, they hit most some bigger venues obviously are gonna have more but Mm-hmm. that's there. And then, um, at Veep, so I'm a marketing coordinator there. Um, and you know, that's more of like my day-to-day primary job. Um, one of the bigger roles is I work as a show marketer with, um, my coworker, Josh Martin. We do, um, uh, basically all the marketing for the shows, you know, uh, coordinating ads, uh, social and search. We also organic socials, um, according, you know, client communication prepping. We do, you know, e-blasts, just, you know, different kind of content marketing. And then my second role there would be, I work on our newsletters. We have both an industry newsletter as well mm-hmm. as a fan facing newsletter, just to uh, more to promote our shows as opposed to um, have specific industry pieces. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, so that's the second role. Uh, third role, I am taking kind of a step back a little bit, but I do help a lot of the social media coordination. So I did run our accounts for the last year, but just due to like wh- where I'm going in my career, um, I'm basically helping coordinate some of the back end stuff of socials, but doing less of the day to day publishing. Um, but that was something that I, I have a lot of experience in over the past probably three or four years. Um, but I think I might be taking a step back from that. We'll we'll see. <laughs> Stay tuned on that. Um, and then I also do d- uh, marketing data specifically to wow. ticket sales and where basically we our goal in that is to see how much we contributes to overall ticket sales because mm-hmm. you know obviously artists are going to be the primary ones to promote mm-hmm. and sell tickets because that's the specific demographic or you know the specific party that we're marketing towards but mm-hmm. you know we still like to see what is veeps contributing especially because we do have that relationship with live nation and now we have this very vast um market all, all these different marketing channels to help promote mm-hmm. And were some of the day-to-day responsibilities that you just talked about, any of those kind of relate back to your USC college experience days, any clubs, like any takeaways from um, USC courses, professors, mentors that you had? I'm assuming you probably had some mentors, right? Yeah, definitely. Yes. And I still try, I keep in touch with, I feel like I have, we, you have this idea of having one mentor, but I think in the best reality, you have a handful that help you in a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Kevin Lyman really helped me in my college, you know, my college experience, as well as Michael Garcia, um, Richard Wolf, you know, all phenomenal professors at USC, Brian Maloof as well. Um, I would say that exactly what I'm doing at Veeps, specifically a lot of the data 
it's it's a really mi- a mix of both in terms of like the cultural education of mu- what the music industry is and and the ins and outs and the norms. Obviously, I learned the music industry, but in terms of being able to understand data, being able to uh, write really well, um, or at least to the best of my ability, that's something that like I've always really enjoyed doing. So. Those things, I think, tactically, I was taught better within the business school. I -hmm. still applied that to my music industry courses, but Mm -hmm. it was more taught through those programs. So it really was a hybrid. I did a lot of um, analytical essays in the music industry classes Mm -hmm. that I think really did help where I am Mm -hmm. now. But it really has been kind of a hybrid of both. Um, I didn't say skills, business, more of my social and just like I don't know exactly how to articulate it to be honest and so these mentors have helped you launch your professional endeavors so any personal goals that you have related uh, to the music industry professional goals I know you mentioned in your bio you want to travel to a few countries including Spain Denmark Mexico even Vietnam you're still deciding on a few others and you have some upcoming goals a lot of them yeah, I I've I think in college you're supposed to be really professionally focused, which I still am. It's definitely I think the primary focus of my life, but I've also learned that I think you really do have to find things that you spend a lot of your time really loving and travel's kind of turned into that for me. My dad traveled my whole life, so mm-hmm. I definitely picked that up from him, but I just find it if I'm going to, you know, take I I would rather take off some time or work from another place which I have the ability to do. Then, you know, spend my money in my, you know, in my hometown doing the same things over and over again. <laughs> um, I mean, even though I live in L.A., which is great, I, I just I it's really cool to visit other countries. It's also really cool to see live music locally in those places. Um, that's why I'm so excited for Spain. Um, and, you know, we're going to do a visa. We're going to do that whole scene. So it'll be great. But that's kind of, you know, I think I have those goals to hit as many countries as possible just because, um, you know, my dad's wife is from Vietnam, which is why that's a part of the mix. And I just it's, you know, it's it's kind of like the live music thing where it's not maybe there's no definition as to why it brings me so much joy as much <laughs> as the way that I feel. And did you study abroad at SC or? I didn't have the opportunity to. I was pretty focused um, on my classes as well as being a transfer student. So I did three years there as opposed to four. And so it did limit me a bit. I definitely could have, but I think I had always known that I was going to be a traveler. So I didn't feel that I needed to spend the money in that way at that time. It didn't really work for me. I, I worked most of my way through college. So taking off a whole semester to spend you know, a significant amount of money it, it would have been a great experience, but I have absolutely no regrets. And so what advice could you give for someone wanting to enter this business, one, and two, either dive into the live event space or trying to find their craft within the music industry? What recommendations, whether it's books, articles to read, anything in general? You know, I think that just educating yourself as much as possible in everything. I mean, I still subscribe to Billboard. That is, you know, a little 
but I wouldn't necessarily say everybody needs to go and do that. But, you know, I do try and read some online sources, which was, you know, for my PR days um, off the top of my head. Like, and I'm, they don't have to be large publications. They can be ones like Pitchfork or, you know, the, the ones that you can see mm-hmm. for free with Billboard. But you can also do even more of the, the DIY ones, uh, like Brooklyn Vegan is one. I, I really like Consequence of Sound. Um, but you know, so you don't have to, you can just find all these resources that you don't have to pay for that you can, Mm -hmm. most of the time they're all the exact same. If that was anything I learned from PR was that 90% of the articles (laughs) online are just like repeated when it comes to Mm -hmm. industry news, you know, for specific event releases and stuff. Um, but yeah, I would say, I would say just those, uh, I honestly really enjoy YouTube in terms of just keeping up with like new content that's being released by artists. Um, I think that there's really an interesting way that YouTube plays versus live streaming. So I do find it really fascinating to watch YouTube videos just to kind of see how artists are using it versus, you know, mm-hmm. whether it's music videos or it's, you know, being on outlets that are doing fun little videos yeah. with them. I think it's <laughs> good to know what artists are doing mm-hmm. um, and who they're you know working with, who they're partnering with. But yeah, I guess just being, just learning as much as possible. And then also there's a ton of really great books. Everybody knows that, I think it's How to Be Successful in the Music Business or something. Is that like, Donald Passman? Yeah. All you need to know about the music business. Everybody's mentioned that on my podcast. <laughs> it's that, well, that one, okay. So that one's like everybody knows, obviously, but there's um, a couple of other ones that I have. There's one, um, Hitmakers, that's phenomenal mm. about like why popular music is, why we have an affinity towards it, which is mm. fascinating if you are into psychology. Um, there's also one called your brain on music, which I just started reading, which, um, I can't speak to it cause I really haven't gotten into it, but I've heard great reviews on it. Um, I'm trying to think, I know that I can't think of any off the top of my head, but there's, it's there. Honestly, there aren't a lot that are available in the States in comparison to other places like mm. the UK. So you'll, you type in like good music industry books and you find, yeah. I honestly like them. There's a plethora. Not- yeah, exactly. <laughs> podcasts like this, you know, honestly, podcasts are the way. I, that's one thing I left out. Podcasts are a really good, great way to be educated. Yes, couldn't agree more. Thank you for providing those great resources. Any either upcoming announcements that you have? I know you're traveling, but anything else? You know, I'm more of a behind the scenes kind of person. <laughs> I don't, I don't have a lot of things that I'm doing myself that are kind of more DIY, like you know, like a podcast um, in the future, possibly, but. Right now, it's just I, I'm happy doing the behind the scenes work um, and, you know, just coming on doing things. I, I love to, to, to let people know as much as I can because I feel like the music industry is still a really weird place <laughs> and the education isn't as streamlined. So, mm-hmm. um, but I appreciate the opportunity for it. Well, thank you, Kaylin, for being on the Media Industry Guru, wishing you all great success within the live event space in the music industry. I have to ask you this question because you're a marketing professional. Do you have a favorite social media app in live streaming, Twitch, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook? What do you lean towards? I I think, you know, I think a lot of people would say TikTok. I think that's the smart way to go. But I will say that I honestly really love both Twitter and Instagram. Twitter, I think, is a really great place to have a community, a conversation mm-hmm. with whoever your fan base is. But at the same time, Instagram is a little bit dynamic in the sense that you can get some really great videos. You can have more text than say something like TikTok. Mm -hmm. And I think it really just depends on the message you're trying to, you know, preach for Veep specifically. Obviously, Instagram is more is going to be better than Mm -hmm. Twitter. 
But, um, and again, that's a huge part of it is just finding <laughs> out what kind of conversation you're trying to have with what fans. And that's how you pick which, which platform works best for you. Awesome. Well, we hope to see you at more of the live events for the Greek theater and for Veeps on all the streaming platforms that you're curating and helping out with digital marketing. Any upcoming venues that you're going to? I just went to the Peppermint last night. Great experience. It was oh. great to be back. <laughs> Oh, I love that venue. I used to live down the street from there. Um, I'm going to be seeing, I've actually never gone to the forum in, in LA before. So I'll be okay. seeing uh, Dua Lipa there. And then I'll okay. be, I've been to SoFi Stadium, but I have not been for a concert. And I will be going for the Chili Peppers in July, Ooh. which I'm just so excited for. So two new venues um, in a concert experience that I'm really excited about. Oh, wow. The Chili Peppers are great. Well, We'll have to hear more about your experience there with Dua Lipa's concert and the Chili Peppers. And thanks for being on the podcast. Thank you so much, Forbes. Have a wonderful day. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of the Media Industry Guru podcast. Check out the Instagram at Media Industry Guru for all the details on the latest and coolest, I mean coolest, upcoming episodes that you will here. Email at mediaindustryguru.podcast at gmail.com for any other interviews that you would like to hear or if you would like to be on the air and give a little promo or talk about yourself or just even chat with me because you know I'm I'm doing this. I'm invested in this. And tune in weekly 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern on Tuesdays on the Anchor app, Spotify, Stitcher, Pocket Cast, Breaker, and many more streaming platforms. Thanks again for all of the support and peace out and let's rock and roll.